Hey, Coconut. So yes, technically there is a financial recession out there today, but I have a feeling that a lot of you are not feeling it in a sense that yes, you may have lost some money in the market or you would say that there's some paper losses. That means you're experiencing some loss, but you haven't sold it to actualize that loss. But in many other aspects of your life, you don't really feel it because to be very, very clear, it's a re- the shit has already hit the fans. <laughs> The real economy has already been in shambles for a very long time. So why would you feel anything, right? So the real economy is going to move inverse to the financial economy. At least that is my view and my position. Because tell me, tell me what's worse than storing everybody in their home and pausing the whole real world. (laughs) How much much worse can it get? But of course, given that we are a financial network, or I should say, investing finance business network, yeah, we're trying to compete with the big boys. Ah! we have to talk about it, lah, right? So I think today I'm going to share with you a little bit of how am I going to play this recession. Welcome back. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Morning, everyone. I welcome you to another day with the Financial Coconut. Now, podcast debunking financial myths, discovering best financial practices, and discussing financial strategies that fits our unique life. You get it. Ultimately, empowering us to create a life we love while managing our finances well. My name is Reggie, aka your chief financial coconut, and today we're going to talk a little bit about the recession and how do I plan to play this recession situation. Before I begin, I just want to put it out there that, hey, if you don't plan to play this recession, it is fine. You know, life moves on. As long as you have surpluses, your finances are intact, you don't need to capitalize on every single situation. Or you may think that we are only in the beginnings. You may think that there is nothing to capitalize. It is not an opportunity. It is fine. Do what you need to do. As long as your finances are intact, you don't need to capture every single quote-unquote opportunity. I have said this before in one of the earlier podcasts, episode 126. I had to do a search with too many episodes these days. But yes, I've said it before. uh, Have you forgotten your investor mindset? And one of the things that I brought up is that you learn to invest not to keep hitting, but to hit well. In other words, you want to increase your hit rate. It's not about hitting and hitting, right? So not everything is an opportunity to you. Not every downturn is something you need to play or double down. It is within your choice your learning curve, your risk appetite, and all that jazz. And so what's the situation here? The situation here is the US markets are experiencing technical recession. Essentially, the markets have come down so much that, yeah, it it is going through a recession, right? Technical financial recession, 20% down is considered a recession, okay? 
but I would say the real economy is moving in a different direction altogether, right? So this is the interesting part. A lot of people try to use things like demand supply to try to understand the financial economy or the financial markets. And I would say that is very amateur, right? <laughs> demand supply is so old school and so basic in the economics idea that it's it's really very powerful in trying to understand microeconomics, right? Like why some people will buy something, why certain things are set in a certain price. Even that is a little bit wonky ever since Keynesian came out. This is a very old idea. Okay, just take it that this demand supply idea is very, very old. That's why even your auntie on the streets go to the <laughs> go to the market also know. Wow, there are demand. A lot of people want this thing. That's why prices move up. <laughs> but for the longest time, people have started to realize it's a lot about pricing power. It's a lot about monopoly power. Whether can they control prices? Can they push down these kind of costs down to the consumers? Right? So there are a lot more things that are involved over time. But more importantly is to recognize that the financial economy and the real economy is different, as you can tell, right? <laughs> so you can tell it is different and you shouldn't try to look at the financial economy just based on your understanding of the real economy. And I would say the real economy is going to boom. Right? So as long as you are active in the real economy, you do your thing, you start your business, you invest in businesses, right? And things are going to move, right? As you can tell, we're seeing more and more events uh, happening in Singapore. And hey, events, right? Brings in quite a lot. Re- brings in quite a lot of cash, right? Whether is it for FMB, whether is it for tourism, whether is it for mice. And yeah, the, the trickle-down effect is real in the sense of uh, when they come in, they will have to do events and when they do events, they exhibit, exhibit, then they will need to build things, build things. And you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of economic activity that is slowly picking up. So I would say the real economy is going to move up and up. There's no real um, worries over there, right? And Singapore government has, for the longest time, uh, built this track record of if the market is not active, that means the private markets out there is shrinking, like the private capitalists are not doing anything, they will step in. They will step in to build things. They will step in to uh, hand out money. And I think that is good. I actually support it. So it helps to cushion um, the market forces out there. So yeah, let's be very clear. The real economy was already in shambles. <laughs> a lot of people have lost their jobs. And I'm sure amongst your friends, your families, your loved ones, and whoever, some people are struggling. New people coming into the workforce, they're struggling, right? And I would say going forward, it's going to get better, right? It's very hard to get any worse, right? How, how, like I said, how, how bad can it get than locking everybody up at home, right? So it's going to get more active. Things are going to happen. So don't be too worried on that front. Things are going to move. But on the financial economy, the financial markets is the interesting part, right? Because uh, whatever reasoning out there that people are giving you or uh, tightening of QE, la, interest rates moving up, la, uh, whatever, whatever reasons that uh, all these economists or investment people are giving you, doesn't matter. Okay, what, what matters is the economy is in shambles. Or the financial economy is in shambles. It is down, 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 down. And if you believe in the idea of trying to pick good companies for the prolonged period or trying to buy things when other people don't, like many people say in the financial economy, is that when you see blood on the streets, that is your opportunity. And I think that's kind of where we are, or at least that's kind of where a lot of the personalities and experts on the TFC ecosystem believe in. And I think that is why you care about what I'm thinking and I'm going to share with you how I'm going to play in this current recession. The reality is if you have been tuning in regularly, it will not surprise you too much. 
maybe the last point, maybe the last point will be a little bit interesting. But yes, I am going to share with you how I'm going to play this. And the first point is, of course, China stocks, right? <laughs> like, hey, hello. You guys tune in weekly. You, you, you spend time with me as if we're dating every week. You, of course, know I'm like a China bull, right? So I'm, I'm super big on China. And yeah, I've lived there. I know the kind of capacity that they, are, they have. I am a little bit more coherent in trying to understand what they do. Actually, they picked up this strategy from Guan Yu, right? So for all of you that didn't know, uh, Xiaoping, uh, <laughs> Xiaoping met Guan Yu. Lao Mao also met Guan Yu. And I do think that they picked up this strategy from Guan Yu where you let the markets do its thing, okay? You let the, the whatever free market or the private enterprise do its thing. And when the economy is not well and all these private capitalists are afraid to participate in the economy or you know, they, they're just not sure they want to take a break or whatever reason that they have, you as the state, you come in to fill that gap, right? So if you go and observe in Singapore, all your national stadium, like your MBS, like your Jewel, like all these huge-ass infrastructure development, they tend to happen near a recession or they, they tend to happen when you start to see private, private market activities shrink. So this is a strategy that Kuan Yu came up with. Like, I do think it is uh, it's quite smart, okay? Like, you, you don't just do everything plan economy. You have some level of plan economy. You let some of these, uh, like, you know, manufacturers and some of these construction companies, they, they, they essentially, they are GLCs, right? And government-linked companies, which I'm sure you guys are familiar, you let them kind of exist, right? You let them build up their capacity. You don't overly support them, uh, but you let them participate in the market. But at the same time, you let private enterprise do their thing. So when private enterprise doesn't want to do it, then you come in, right? So if you look at what China has done over time, this is powerful, right? When when there's when the private market doesn't want to participate in it, they come in, they build tracks, they build they build MRTs, they build uh, metros, okay, to be exact, they build metros, they build train tracks, they build airports, they build all these different things that, under the idea of free market economics, where you let the capitalists do their thing, which is what in the US, you see it very, very obviously. You let the capitalists do their thing. If something is not profitable, they will not do it. And a lot of these infrastructure things are not profitable. And the best time to do it is when there is a recession in the real economy, when nothing is going on. Then, okay, you as the government, you come in, you build, 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 build this thing and you just load out on debt. It doesn't matter because you are the government, you own the central bank, you can wipe out the debt readily. So without going into the nuance of how that thing works, in essentially, you just need to think of China as a much, 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 much larger Singapore. If you think the Singapore model works, China is very much a Singapore model, you know, upsize, upsize, upsize. Okay, of course, they have a little bit more differences in the rural-urban dynamics. They have the suburbs, they have different kind of cities that have cultural nuances and, you know, they have a much more dissipated kind of business ecosystem where in the north, they do something and the, in the south, they do something else. And they have those dynamics, you know, that is cross-state and urban-rural dynamics that makes it a bit more complicated. It's not the same as Singapore, which we only run one city. But the idea is there. China's strength is there. You see it, right? You see their power. You see the way they can create things, the, the kind of manufacturing that they have. And essentially, I do think that one thing that all of us should vividly recognize is China at this point in time still has one of the highest central bank rates out there. In other words, if they want to spur the economy, they can just reduce their interest rates and, you know, welcome borrowing. 
So with that in mind, China is my way forward. I, I, I'm a firm believer. I have no issues with that. I'm sure you guys know. And yeah, I would say maybe don't just buy the tech companies. Lah. Uh, maybe look at some other things. Your Maotai, your Media, some of the FMCG guys. Yeah, even some of your insurance and financial companies. To be fair, a lot of them are still beaten down, right? Well, of course, the tech companies are the most beaten down. And it is up to you to decide. But I think my first point is to, you know, don't be afraid of China. Take out all the like human rights, lah, all those kind of like talking points that all these Western media tell you. Because uh, to be fair, let's be real. Huh? <laughs> so every country you know, that is large enough participates in some sort of things that you like and some sort of things that you don't. Right? Uh, and we're, we're not go there here. We're not, we're not here to discuss any country in particular. Don't cancel me. You know, but, but, but the idea is there. Every country that is trying to jostle will tell you how bad the other country is. But at the core, you are just a retail investor. At the core, you are trying to pick up what is best for you. And I think China has a lot of runway, at least in the next two decades. Just word of caution, right? Don't just look at tech, 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 tech lah. Okay, although tech is down and looks like recently the market is uh, showing that tech is quite resilient, at least Chinese tech is quite resilient at, at this level. <laughs> quite resilient. Huh? A few, few, <laughs> few months ago, it was trading at 3x higher than today or something along. But <laughs> quite resilient. But at this level, okay, at this price, it is showing resilience, right? Uh, the market is willing to pick up Chinese stocks at this price. So yeah, something to think about. Which brings me to point number two. My next strategy is US Big Tech. US Big Tech is so underappreciated at this point in time. Uh, we'll come back to you after what from our sponsor. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So, okay, Coconuts, you may have heard me say this thing before. But if you understand how business cycle works, right? At some point, a lot of your quote-unquote growth or tech companies, they become mature, they become value play and they start to no longer be tech, right? <laughs> Things like your semiconductors, your communication systems. All these guys used to be considered tech companies. Your Sun Microsystems, your Oracle, your who else? Uh, your Intel. All these guys were just classified as tech companies in the early days of where they were. They were fast-growing companies. But after a while, they start to be segmented out and they become value play, right? They start to go into cyclical spaces, right? And you, I, I do think, right, your companies like Amazon, Meta, who else? Apple, some of these, uh, they may have a little bit more runway going forward. But to be really, really clear, even if they have more, right, even if they start to grow a vertical, is it really going to shake the needle or move the needle for them? It's hard. At their size, <laughs> at Apple's size or at Facebook's size or at Amazon's size, you want them to double. You want them to grow another Amazon. One that is like cancer cell, you know. It's not so easy. But do they plan to keep innovating? Yes, they do. Do they plan to keep growing their businesses? Yes, they do. Will they start to see cyclicality in some of their businesses? Yes. Will they start to see competition in smaller verticals that they play in? Yes. 
So the reality is a lot of these big techs, quote-unquote big techs today, your fangs, they are essentially value play at this point in time. Value plays with optionality, right? So for all of you that don't understand, when we start to say a stock is a value play, then it starts to become a, something with a more cycle. You start to use PE ratio, you know, price-to-earnings ratio. You look at like your Coke, your Visa, your you know, DBS. Some of these companies, when you look at them, you don't think of them as growth companies. Right? You just think of them that, okay, these are big companies, blue chip companies. Uh, they will not collapse, but there's always a better price to pick them up at. Right? So, so I think it's somewhere around there already. And at today's price, okay, at today's price, the forward PE for Google, Amazon, Netflix. Okay, Netflix is a bit questionable. Uh, Meta and Apple, they're hovering at what? 15 to 25x. Right. In other words, price to earnings is 15x to 25x, depending on who you're talking to, and depending on which one you're talking to. And your Klox, uh, your Coke, all these guys right, are going at 40x or 35 to 40x. To put it in a more manageable view, the idea here is if today I own one share of Coke, okay, that means I use my money, I buy one share of Coke. I'm a shareholder, woohoo! I buy one share of Coke. It will take Coke's earnings. That means this company, assuming there's no change in share variation and no massive you know, change in their revenue, which is the idea of value play, right? They, they're not going to grow massively. They're going to be there. They're going to exist, right? So for Coke to make back, for me as this one share owner of Coke that I spend X amount on, for me to make back just purely this capital that I put into Coke from their company's earnings, it will take about 35 to 40 years. Whereas if I'm looking at Amazon, I'm looking at Google, they are going to take me 20, 25 years to make back my, my capital, right? just from pure earnings. And if you ask me, hey, who is more exciting, Amazon, Google, or, you know, or, or your Kellogg's? Guys, really, you think there's going to be another search engine that comes in? You think there's going to be another huge ass logistics company with this kind of big marketplace that's going to come in? It's, it's hard, right? The, the battle is over. Right, the, the dominance is there. These companies are going to be dominant. They're going to stay for a very, very long time. And, and that's the power of the US system, right? It, it allows for these kind of companies to grow and grow and grow and grow and take on the world. Right? And the, the beauty is in the system. Of course, there are other problems that exist. We're not here to discuss that. But I do think US tech is so underappreciated at this point in time. Of course, all that being said, right? It's not financial advice. <laughs> it's very right? I always say until so chai, so exciting. They say, hey, it's not financial advice. Huh? But, but, but this is what I have to say. Lah. The reality is this is not financial advice, but you know, um, I think US tech is is people are stopped talking about it already. Everybody's talking about like what financials, like utilities, like oil and gas, like guys, you know, like come on, be real. Like, at this point in time, a lot of them have already rallied. A lot of all these other sectors, all these value have already rallied. Uh, Anthony and I, we had a good discussion the other day on market update. So if you have not checked out stock geek out TFC stock geek out, you should check out the other podcast. Uh, and yeah, I think US tech is an interesting place to, to observe a little bit more of these kind of stuff. Right? Maybe, maybe in this decade, these big companies will become value play. And to be very clear, I am long US tech, right? And I think there are a lot of interesting stuff happening here. Whether is it your smaller tech companies, your mid-size, your, even your you know, small cap companies that a, a lot of people are talking about, right? Your, your mid-cap companies, let's say Zoom, la, DocuSign, la, all these things. Everyone are talking about it. If you want to learn more, go to Geek Out. People are talking about all these companies. So at that point in time, people can talk about it. What about today, right? I, th I think these companies have a lot more runway to go. 
But barring all these, just focus on the big ones, right? Like your fangs. They are going to eventually become social media companies. They are eventually going to become, you know, an internet marketplace. They are eventually going to become search engines, right? They're, they're going to have all or advertising platforms. There's going to be new names for these companies and they start to become a new sector. Okay, and I think, uh, yeah, maybe in this decade, th these companies will become value play. And at this point in time, they are very, very affordable, you know, based on a relative PE ratio compared to other sectors. Okay, yeah, once again, uh, if, it's, if this is too alien for you, I get it, right? Because this is a bit more chim-chim. And if you want to pick up some of these things, hey, join us at TFC Stock. Kick out another podcast. It will not be on this feed. You got to check out our other podcast. Anyway, we have a lot of other shows. Lah. So, you know, if, if all of you don't know, you can just go to whatever favorite podcast platform that you use and search the Financial Coconut. All the other shows will come out. Okay, and I want to see you on our other shows. Let me know which favorite show you have and you want and yeah, maybe we can do more for you. Which brings me to the third strategy that I am considering. I'm not sure if I'm going to do it yet, but I am hinging quite close to it at this point in time. And that is I am ready to accumulate some sort of crypto exposure. Okay, so uh, I've been talking about this for a while. You know, like maybe Bitcoin could be a thing. Uh, maybe Ether is something. And I don't know what else, right? But the reality is, I think the crypto network has shown resilience, right? So I'm not talking about all your like weird, weird coins that, that are just like come and gone and whatever shit, right? But if you want to see the crypto network as a way of uh, managing money or a way of transmitting data and transmitting value and transmitting money, whatever they want to call it, it has shown to be very resilient, right? There, there are some points of failures here and there. The whole blockchain has some failures here and there. But hey, from where it started, it's not, not very old already, you know. Bitcoin is a very old thing already, but now it has decades of history already, right? From then till now, it has shown its resilience. It has shown that it has the ability to keep it going and sufficiently incentivizing such that people are willing to keep it going. And at this point in time, um, yeah, it is a route, you know, the crypto market is collapsing and I get it why MAS or Heng Sui Kiat specifically, our Zai Xin Ye Sui Kiat, has come out specifically, okay, maybe it's no longer Zai Xin yet, but whatever, right? So uh, for all of you non-Hokkien speakers, uh, the fortune, uh, what do you call that? The fortune deity? Or the, or the what, what do you call, what do you call Zai Xin Oh my God, God of Wealth. He has a God of Wealth, right? Because he was giving out all these packages. Uh. <laughs> so internet meme calling God of Wealth. Uh. So Heng Sui Kiet, Sui Kiet has come out and say, don't put your money in crypto, which I can understand where he's coming from. Okay, I can totally understand. But, as someone that is a little bit more knee-deep in investing, now that it is routed, right? now that it is a shit show, it's in shambles, uh, maybe it is time to kind of look at it a little bit. Maybe there are some good things to pick up. And yeah, because I think Victor put it pretty well. Victor from Xverse put it pretty well. We did an episode with him. Check out Our Stable Coins The Future, okay? Victor from Xverse. You can just search your favorite podcast channel, your favorite podcast platform and podcast channel. You, you will see him or you will hear him. Uh, I think he put it pretty well that like gold, um, crypto is just something that now that everybody has adopted it, it will not disappear. It will change, right? The form will change. It will develop, but it will not disappear. And in other words, if it doesn't disappear, that means uh, there will be a good amount of people that will put some money in this space and it can hold itself. So let's see, let's keep observing. But I'm definitely thinking that, oh, now with the prices coming down, um, yeah, I, I am thinking of doing some of these things. So if you 
out there, you know, clearly I'm not the most insightful of crypto. Okay, I'm like, I'm like an uncle in personal finance today. I know some of you guys say, oh, you're very old, la. you're very uncle. I'm very conservative. Uh, someone was telling me, uh, Jack, Jack, <laughs> I met him in real life. He was saying, ah, oh, my friend say, uh, your podcast is very conservative. Uh. Fair, I'm not uh, behind every single hype. I, I'm not interested in every single hype. Like I said, okay, as an investor, we learn so that we can increase our hit rate, not keep hitting. So time before this, I didn't feel the incentive or I didn't feel the need to pick up too much crypto knowledge. But now at today's price, uh, yeah, interesting. You may see us put out more crypto information. I may try to talk to more people about this and let's see where this goes. Maybe we'll spin a new show. Let's see, let's see, okay? But yeah, these are the three strategies that I think I'll be playing. And of course, maybe some other things like, you know, uh, reads, some of these other stuff that, you know, I've been talking about them again and again. And these are the things I'm familiar with. Okay, for every other thing, yeah, I'm not the I'm not the main guy, but hey, we're trying to grow the network and get other voices to come here and share with you. So yeah, just like, share, subscribe, share with your friends and you know, we're on all these other different platforms. So support us, okay? So in closing, uh, I'm going to sum it up today. These are my three strategies to play during this recession. Number one, of course, Chinese stocks. I think the fundamentals of the Chinese economy is very strong. I would say they are XXXXL size of Singapore. They have picked up a lot of what Singapore used to do and to date, we still do some of that. Although we don't really, we can't do as much because we got no other place to build another <laughs> airport or another jewel. Okay, like we do like T5, T6, but that's a different discussion, okay? So uh, I do think the fundamentals of China is very strong and at today's price, hey, good stuff. There's some good stuff there. Just, just look out for it. But maybe don't be blindly just doing Chinese tech. There are other things, other sectors that you can look at for China. Number two is US tech. I think US big tech especially is entering value strategy, value play. And I do think in the decade or two, they will become value companies, right? So given today's price to earnings ratio, they are very affordable, okay? By no measure, this is not financial advice, but they are very affordable. And I don't think that we should uh, just conveniently forget them. Take a look at the US tech companies. Uh, I think they are very interesting, okay? And number three, I plan to open some exposure in crypto. I, I think we it is a good time now. You know, the, the prices are uh, look a little bit more welcoming. At least it has come to a price where I think, yeah, uh, at today's price, I think it is worthy of me uh, allocating something or at least explore and see where this brings me. So yes, all these are not financial advice. I am just sharing with you because I foresee a lot of you asking me, hey, how are you going to play this financial recession? And I want to reiterate the real economy. I doubt that it's going to go through a recession. Participate in the real economy. Start your businesses. You know, work uh, with the new jobs that you can find. Haggle for a higher price in your career and whatever. But uh, don't be afraid. The real economy is going to become stronger. Financial economy uh, opens up some opportunities for us. So yes, I hope you learned something useful today. See ya! Hey, I hope you learned something useful today and truly appreciate that you took time off to better your life with the Financial Coconut. Knowledge is that much more powerful, interesting when shared, debated and discussed. Join our community telegram group, follow us on our socials, sign up for our email newsletter and whatever. Okay, let's say, I always tell you to do so many things, right? Let's say, let's say uh, today you just do one thing. Just do one thing. Please share this episode on your socials. Please share this episode on your socials because this will help us reach a wider audience and we are we want to grow further. We are already the dominant podcast network in personal finance in Singapore, but we want to go further. So please help us join us on this journey to provide more insightful knowledge for more people, okay? So for today, share this on your socials. I will see you next week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. 
Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Okay, Coconut. So, yes, today we talked a little bit about how I plan to play the recession today. Um, or at least this particular financial recession. I think it opens up some opportunity for um, long-time investors or even newer investors that, you you know, you may have been burned, I know, because you participate in the time of the height. But yeah, a lot of us are pretty young. We, we have a much longer runway to go. Participate in the real economy, okay? Don't be despair, okay? Don't don't just kind of... I know it's hard. I know it's very hard, okay? Uh, two years of crazy times and now suddenly everything want to spring back and then, you know, there are all these people with big energy and they have rode to it a little bit better and then they'll be like, yeah! And then you, maybe you are not the bunch that wrote it the best and you're feeling a little bit disjointed and what have you. I get it, right? Don't 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 need to bounce back. But participate in the real economy, make some money and you know, then you can invest and, and do whatever you need to do uh, within the sphere of capitalism, which I do think will continue. It may the center of capitalism may not be in the US, but I don't think it's gonna end so easily, so readily. Okay. It, it, very much it will shift to China, in my view. Okay. Um, but yeah, capitalism is here to stay. And yeah, if that's the case, then yeah, listen, you know, we, we still got to learn to invest, still got to learn to play this game. Participate in the real economy and maybe some of these financial opportunities are there for you. And with that being said, next week, I want to just kind of sum up an episode on how do you accumulate wealth, right? How does it really work? To be clear, you if you are a long-time listener, you already know some of these things, right? The principles are there. And sometimes I feel like maybe it is bits and pieces here and there. So I want to do an episode to consolidate. And also for a lot of the people that are casual listeners, they tune in once in a while based on the header and also maybe some newer listeners or people that search. So I'm going to share with you the fundamentals of wealth accumulation, right? And, and it's not going to be like revolutionary, but yeah, it's going to be a good recap. And I have some insights for a lot of you, okay? So I will see you next week.